Hey, it's Blair, and thanks for checking out Laid Off, the Blair Thomas podcast. Available everywhere, and all the links to subscribe are on my website, blairthomasmedia.com, or just say, hey, Alexa, play the Blair Thomas podcast, and you're good to go. Coming up is Allison Gelnat. She is the director of Northeast Promotion with Curb Records. So she works with stars like Lee Bryce, Dylan Scott, Rodney Atkins, and she's going to tell me the craziest thing she's ever seen in a meet-and-creet line. What she does on a daily basis, and uh, one really interesting fact about Lee Bryce that <laughs> I was not expecting. All right, AG, let's go. Okay, so I want to bring in someone who is an old friend of mine once again, and someone who can't beat me at DDR after all these years. Um, you're you're much more coordinated, much better rhythm than I have, but. Still can't beat me at Dance Dance Revolution. This is Allison Gelnet from Curb Records. Hi. What up? How are you? Yes, you are the DDR king. I learned the hard way. <laughs> I love rubbing that in so much. And we'll get That's into okay. our little DDR bet later. Yeah. Um, have you been practicing at all? Because I got to say, I'm still really good. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably still at the beginner pretty bad level. I mean, I thought I was a good dancer, but that is a that's a whole nother level. I mean, <laughs> it's a whole different game. I don't go to, to radio events with the intention of sweating. But all right, let's just tell the story now. So we had a long time bet. You're working with Curb Records and Lee Bryce is one of your artists there. Boop, boop. And Lee was, you know, I think he was at that event. But he anyway, was, he was. So our bet was that if I beat you at DDR, you would get oh, Lee Bryce right. for one of our shows at the radio station. So then we go up to the, the mat. Which and is, I wait, start, next like, to impossible because he's quite big <laughs> and a free <laughs> event's real difficult. But yeah, that was a great wager on my part. <laughs> we are wonderful. I'm, I'm sure uh, the good, good folks at Curb are like, what in the heck is your problem? So Brad was all in. He's like, yeah, just whoop up. We'll <laughs> get like, Lee. And of course. Show never happened because I got fired, and you know I'm I'm still holding out for that uh, that show one day. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's personal. Um, can you give a quick introduction of yourself, what you do, and uh, who you work with? I kind of gave a little quick intro to you, but introduce yourself. I hate doing the the bio for someone else. I don't know. I think you do it a lot better than I can because I hate talking about myself, even though I like to talk. It's just weird. But uh, yeah, so I work for Curb Records, and I've been with them. It'll be two years in October now. And I work with Lee Bryce, Dylan Scott, if you're familiar with My Girl or Hooked. We have a current single. I'm going to do that quick plug. It's called Nobody. (laughs) It's a smash. So, you know, hopefully you can get people to listen to it for me. We also have Fillmore, who everybody knows him as the man bun. Um, He's just very, like, laid back. Kind of got a vibe of Sam Hunt mixed with a little country, mixed with... Man, just his own breed. I love the people I work with. And we do have a new female, Hannah Ellis, that we signed right before COVID hit. So I'm really excited to get her launched out there. But basically, I'm a director of regional and promotion. And I describe it as if you know what a pharmaceutical rep does, they push pills, right? Prescription pills for to doctors. Well, I push songs to radio programmers. And I'm basically trying to get a hit on radio for my artists. So I'm out there wheeling, dealing, and, you know, barking up everybody's tree to play my song. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and one of the cool parts about your job is that it's not just pushing the songs to radio programmers, but 
during concert season, you're on the road, you're with the artists, you're handling meet and greet lines, and you're you're at those shows and kind of taking in that atmosphere night after night. So, like, are there any nights where you're just kind of taking it back and saying, like, dang, my job is, like, really cool. I, I love <laughs> this. There are definitely times where I can tell you I was so, like, so excited to get into this job, but I never realized how much data was involved. Like literally, I look at a stock ticker for radio and when songs are getting played, right? And people don't see that. They see the sexy side of she goes to a concert like five nights a week and she gets to hang out with these artists and like always shake their hand. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's great. Don't get me wrong. And I think the hard part is not to get jaded by it, no matter how long you're doing it for, because the cool part about our job is I get to actually offer audience and people just like me everyday experiences to meet their, you know, dream artist or celebrity or go to a concert and meet them just casually. The experiences that we get to give people, I think for me, that's the fun. I love making our artist dreams come true and getting them hit records, like having the interaction with them. But The moment for them with me is on stage when we see every single person in the audience sing their song back. There's nothing like that feeling because you're Mm -hmm. the one behind it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And from your perspective, you see the song from its inception for the most part, you know, really you see it from the the cutting board to the studio to songwriter to songwriter to performer and, and just and then going from there all the way to the end when Bam, you know, my girl kicks on or rumor comes on or um, you're you're doing your shopping somewhere and, and a Fillmore song comes on and Coles and everyone tr- it's triggered. But to see that progression must be really cool, because for those people, it's like, hey, like, I'll I'll go to Spotify and go to Hot Country or I'll listen to my favorite radio station and like, boom, my favorite song comes on. But to see that entire progression and and to go through that, that's where like the work pays off, right? Like for, oh. from your side and on their side too. A hundred percent. I was shopping last week and I went in and I, it was just a cute little boutique uh, in South Carolina. And all of a sudden Lee Bryce's new song, one of them girls comes on and I literally am, <laughs> I almost walked out in my underwear and this top that I had tried on. And I was like, wait, 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 I need to put pants on. And I was like, that's our song. That's my artist. Oh my God, turn it up. Can I record this? <laughs> um, Becky, we've got some blonde 5'3 cheerleader doing cartwheels in aisle nine. Can we get a hold of her, please? Like, that's I mean, you though. The whole store definitely knew that I was excited about that song. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> so now with, with, with COVID virtually shutting everything down for the last couple of months and for the foreseeable future with touring and the award uh, shows and everything else. Yes. What are what are guys like Lee Bryce and Mo Pitney and Dylan Scott doing without being on the road? Because I'd imagine, you know, when they've been so deep in the game for so long, this must be a strange summer for them. So are they just like hanging out like the rest of us and quarantining or is there something else? I think it's a else? mix of both. I mean, I think, you know, Mo is married and Dylan is and Lee is and Fillmore just got engaged and Rodney's married with kids. You know, I think the cool part about it for them, they get all this at home time that they're not used to. They get to be with their family. They get to see if Dylan's daughter says her first word or walks or whatever. He gets to actually experience those moments versus 
be on the road and get a video from his wife or get a text or a phone call. It's just mm. not the same. Lee mm-hmm. is out there teaching his kids how to hunt and fish. And he's like, well, I've never had this. I've never been at home for my son's birthday because, hey, one of my radio stations calls and they're like, can you do this event? And I'm like, hey, come on. I need this done. I need this done. Lee's like, well, that's my son's birthday. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, they're yeah. getting this at-home time just like the rest of us. But trust me, I'm still putting them to work. They're still being put to work by management and other places and people. But, you know, Lee is in the middle of writing an album. He's still writing his album. He's got a full studio set up at home. He's doing it virtually. Um, You've got Dylan who's writing an album. So it just depends, I would say, on what their home setups are. But I know Fillmore's writing all the time. He even got a keyboard and some recording gear and he's like cool look what i made <laughs> you know and it's <laughs> yep i just love it. i miss everybody dearly but i'm excited for them to have at home time and honestly it's been really nice not to have to travel every week i miss my yeah. points and i miss traveling and miss seeing all of you guys but it's been nice to literally be like hey what am i gonna do this weekend like i got, <laughs> I got a saturday night to myself am i gonna golf or cook or like what am i gonna do <laughs> i'm not used to that you're like maybe uh, maybe it's a good time when you don't have to high five the same seven tsa people at, at bna <laughs> because you've seen them so many times in the last week that's good for you and i would imagine like with i know me personally w- once this is all over um as far as like getting out more events are back and everything else i know i am just going to enjoy those little things so much more and i would imagine for an artist it's the same way where like if you're if you're Dylan Scott, like these guys can't wait to get back to the stage. So oh I would gosh, imagine the, the concerts in 21 and 22 are probably going to be the best concerts any of us have seen in the last decade. I think I'm most concerned about Lee Bryce's fans because how rowdy they get. <laughs> I don't want to know how much beer is going to be sold at the first non-socially distanced event in 2021. I'm not saying that's when it's going to happen, but oh my heavens. <laughs> that's going to be bad, and I can't wait to be there for that. A lot of beer, um, a lot about, of whiskey. So with the virus, and like you said, you're traveling in and out of cities from um, you know the small markets, the mediums, to, to the majors. I mean, you're everywhere. You travel oh, yeah. a lot. so. With with the travel shut down and the virus and to certain hotspots around the country, how has the pandemic kind of affected what you do on a daily basis? Well, I'm definitely not dealing with a lot of travel logistics, whether it's for my own personal travel to go see my radio stations who are my clients or, you know, we do a lot of radio shows with our artists, which for those people that don't know what a radio show is, is basically a concert with your local market radio station that you happen to listen to versus a tour where it comes through and it goes to a big amphitheater, it goes to a club or venue. Um, It's just, I mean, travel and logistics, it just makes up 40% of our job, I would say. Because you got to plan everything, whether how am I going to get the artists from the West Coast, from our West Coast regional to the Northeast? Well, can they take a red eye? Oh, wait, they have to sleep. Is that going to work? How do we get their gear? What can they check? What can't they? I mean, I'm just not having to do as much because of travel, but I'm still having to pull a lot more reports and I'm trying to be different in the ways of, you know, getting my artists familiar with people, whether it's the local audience, the radio station or us as a team because as a team we spend so much time with them i've got a new artist that mo pitney i've met him a couple of times but 
I haven't been on the road with him really, you know, mm. and that's just a product of being with the company for only two years. But there's a little bit of a an experience that you get, just like whether it's living with a roommate in college, you have a special kind of bond with them. So it's definitely changed. I think we're all just trying to figure out ways to adapt. And, you know, we've got a lot of people doing virtual concerts, Zoom parties, Zoom meet and greets. There's a lot of that, but there's still this, there's this personal touch with the artist that you're just missing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, from our perspective, you know, in radio, when we get excited, just like, you know, our, our listeners and fans do when the artists come through and, and the people, and that, that's kind of the, the kinship that, you know, even folks like in Havre de Grace or, or Wilmington or Philly, when we speak about our friends in the industry and how it's one big family, it kind of is that way, you know, from from the radio to record side and also 100%. on a, a, and an artist side in that family aspect is what we're all kind of missing on a personal level. Like, you know, we're kind of stuck in our homes. But, you know, when, when you talk about, you know, working with your artists in different kinds of shows and different kind of events and Zoom and the, that, that innovation what are the differences between your artists? Are there similarities? Do you do the same kind of mechanics or do you kind of mix it up between who you're working with? Well, I think my ADD helps mix a lot of that up. <laughs> I don't like to do the same thing twice unless I absolutely have to. I get bored very easily. Um, but no, I try and cater it as far as my job with what I'm trying to create as far as memories, experiences, shows. I really love to get creative and think different. And with somebody like Fillmore, he's kind of got, I hate to compare or use other artists, but so I said he's similar to Sam Hunt, right? But he still has this, you know, island kind of vibe, I guess is the way to say it. A little mm -hmm. bit. Yep. Yet he still wears Croc, which is a whole other story that I'm not going to go down <laughs> because I just can't stand Crocs. Still love them to what death. What do you mean? You know? What do you mean? Crocs They're comfortable. Are great. Look, they are super comfy. I I can't I can't say anything against that. But their fashion statement? No. I trip on my over my own feet wearing a pair of Crocs. I just can't. <laughs> I I loved Fillmore before. I love him even more now, now that I know he wears Crocs all the time. Oh yeah. He, I do. We played golf one week and it was just probably like a month or two into quarantine. And he literally took off his golf shoes and put Crocs on. He's like, I play better in Crocs. I was like, what? There's no grip. How do you play with Crocs? I was so like, whatever. And he did better. <laughs> how is he at golf? He's really good. I mean, anybody's better than I am, but <laughs> I'm terrible, too. I still like to play every now and then, even though I'm absolutely awful. Um, from your experience, who is who's got game on the golf course? Who have you golfed with? That's like really good. So I haven't golfed with him, but I've heard a lot of people that have, whether it's on our team or his crew and Lee kills it. But Lee goes out really? there barefoot. Dude goes out there barefoot and just smashes the ball smashes it. Wait, yes. wait, I yes. have so many questions. So does <laughs> does he wear shoes to the course and then just pulls them off? Does he like wear them in between holes? What does I he do on the cart pads? I have a lot of questions. I would hope he wears shoes to the course, but with Lee, you never know what you're going to get. He just kind of does his own thing. I think he wears flip-flops maybe, maybe, and then takes them off. I don't know. We'd have to ask his manager or maybe RJ knows who's my, my VP at Curb. <laughs> See, like, this is like one of the perks of being Lee Bryce, because it, if my <laughs> black butt were to show up at my local golf course wearing <laughs> flip flops and trying to play barefoot, I'd have 
all of the staff on my hole so fast to kick oh, me yeah. out of that place. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I can't even wear a tank top and get away with it. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, when you're a late yeah, rice, so, you just you just do. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he strikes me as one of those guys that's just good at everything. Like, because I know he's a natural athlete and he's so charismatic. I feel like anything he touches, like if I don't know if he gambles, but I feel like if he were to go sit down at a crap table, he'd like clean up and he'd walk out. Like he oh, just seems I like that kind it. of dude. It's speaking of, and then I'll get back to the creative, like what I do with the different artists, but. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of gambling, I don't know how Lee is, but I have been to a casino with Fillmore multiple times. Let me tell you. So we were in Cleveland and he went out with, I guess, where did we go? Somewhere in downtown Cleveland. But he has this game and he loves Wheel of Fortune. That man mm-hmm. can sit down and touch a Wheel of Fortune and it's like, ring, $500, ring, $1,000. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it is, but that guy always wins. It's crazy. It's the Crocs. I'll tell you what it is. It's the Crocs. <laughs> I get what. Hey, I w- if I win money, I will totally wear Crocs. If I win money, now if I lose one time in those Crocs, they're going in the garbage. <laughs> I am the worst person for them to sponsor. <laughs> you know what though? Yeah, this is this podcast brought to you by Crocs, but not anymore. No, Thanks to you, out, you just crapped on them all the whole time. <laughs> I know. I know. Shut the whole thing down. So what else do you do? Like as far as like, because I would imagine well, like. Like the this even musical stylings of a Fillmore versus like Mo Pitney right. are are on the opposite ends of the spectrum, totally right? And even different. like fan bases and everything else. Well, so like okay, so for Rodney Atkins, one time we were in Portland, Maine, and we did axe throwing because you know he's like a an old school kind of country guy. He's he's up at four in the morning on the farm, and like mm-hmm. me, I'm still in bed at four a.m. <laughs> but Fillmore. <laughs> Fillmore gets up, I want to say, at like six every day because his fiance works at a hospital. So he's already up. But for somebody like him, I'll take him and go and put him on a boat. Right. And we'll do a sunset sail cruise with the listeners because he just vibes really good in any kind of situation like that. Yeah. If you put Lee on a golf course and bring some listeners, watch out. You know what I mean? You put Lee and take him on a pub crawl. Totally different. Hmm. So I try and point. switch it up, you know, depending on their personalities. Like Dylan likes to hunt. I hate hunting. It's not that I hate people that hunt. I just, I don't like it. There was a hawk one time here at my house and I was like, Dylan, how do we get rid of this? And he's like, you can't kill hawks, Allison. I was like, it's going to eat my dog. It needs to go. <laughs> he's just well, I'm the same way with animals. Like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not a hunter either, but. If if any kind of creature encroaches on my territory, my people, or any animals that I know, like it's right. it's going down, you know. Right. That's I don't know. So I don't want to kill anything, as, but mm-mm, yeah, it's if it's go. gonna kill me, yeah, yeah, if it's either bye. me or something that can't communicate with me, I'm sorry, Hawk, but you're 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 gone. Um, so like with more events, so we're talking different fan bases also. So sometimes older demographics, sometimes younger, and you. At the concert venues, whether it be BB&T Pavilion or elsewhere, are a lot of times in those meet and greet rooms and, and connecting these listeners to their favorite artists. What is the craziest thing you've seen in a meet and greet line? Oh, craziest thing. I mean, there's been so many. <laughs> um, so when I worked for Stony Creek with Lindsay L., I think the one look, fans bring you everything, right? When they like their artist they bring them whatever they bring them gifts. And as an artist, you got to be careful. I mean, you're not going to take candy from a stranger. Why would you take it from a random person in a meet and greet line? I think it's really right. sweet. The gesture is awesome. Like we need those people. We need those fans. But 
one time, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, but <laughs> they gave Lindsay a box of M&Ms with Lindsay's face on them. Literally, oh. her face was imprinted on these M&Ms, which is really I mean, it's really freaking awesome that you can put your face on an M&M and pick the colors. But I was like, um, I don't think you should eat those. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's in them. So, oh, my gosh. I mean, that was pretty crazy. But I think the funniest thing, you know, Scott Donato, right? He's over at. I do. Okay. Yeah, New yeah. York, Pennsylvania. And <laughs> one of his avid listeners came up and had his face on her shirt. And she had a very large chest oh. area, we shall say. So his face oh. is just sitting on her boobs. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. And, oh, that's uh, weird. And he walks up and I couldn't do anything besides pull out my phone and take a picture because I said, this is going to be great blackmail one day. <laughs> I was going to say, you hold on to that. Oh, like anytime. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to print it, frame it and just mail it to him and be like, hey, remember <laughs> when? Remember when? <laughs> Yeah. Also, I need a couple more spins on nobody. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, man. Appreciate if, if you it. don't mind. No big deal. <laughs> so, you know, you've been a part of some number ones, you know, between Stony Creek and, and obviously a curb. What is the secret behind getting a song all the way to number one? Because it's it, it is, as you would imagine, the culmination of requests and, and fan connection and those radio tours. It all pushes towards being the number one song in the country. So is there a, a certain methodology behind it? How much of it is luck? Like, what goes into something so monumental? Because that can really, like, make or break an artist's career in a lot of cases. Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> I think if I had the secret sauce, I think I would be making a lot more money. And I would probably <laughs> own my own company by now. Um, and there probably wouldn't be as many labels out there or artists putting out music because we would have it. You know, it'd just be like, True. boom, boom, boom. Problem, solution. So I think that's, you know, part of it is just you don't know. I mean, it's great music to begin with, right? And you've also got to make sure it's in line with the format and the times and the region. I mean, some music that's going to work in, let's say, Delaware or Maryland or Philly might not necessarily work in the Midwest or, mm. you know, Nebraska or Cali. I mean, it's just, it depends on what the mass likes, you know? And you've got to make sure your song gets heard enough for people to decide whether they like it or not I just there's so many different variables I don't think I could list out I think that would be a whole other podcast <laughs> yeah no you're right and I've always said when it comes to music because now it seems like um celebrities and, and artists have kind of flipped the the media on its head where back in the day in the 80s it was the the tabloids or the news using the artist to gain publicity or whatever now it's flipped now the artists right. and the celebrities They've Kardashianized it where they're saying, hey, <laughs> we, yeah, we can use TMZ to be in the news, be the news and really use that to our advantage. And I, I think so many artists are trying to just go at this whole musician thing from the perspective of, OK, it doesn't matter how good my music is. If I'm a personality and I've got a lot of Instagram followers and I can really like be crazy and notable, that's what's going to make me famous. But I've always thought, like, at the end of the day, the art will always win. And if the music's good, that will carry you further than any antic or any if you've got a good um, Instagram reel, you know, with Jason Derulo or something like it'll the music at the end of the day will always win no matter what you do and, and no matter what field you're in, I think. 
I think you're right to a degree. I think there's always room for discrepancy on that only because I've heard so much good music that didn't make it. Adam Craig, for mm. instance, was on Stony Creek and oh my heavens, he had a song called Just a Phase and then... I love that song. It's a smash of a song and it got to love 31. For what reason, you know, there's politics and there's so many other reasons that songs don't get up there as fast because in country we give superstars a quicker nod or a quicker look or give them the benefit of the doubt versus these new guys. But there is so much good music out there. It's just how fast you get it to the market and when you get it to the market and how you're getting it to the market. Um, I do think that a lot of good music will win. I think that's part of the benefit. He's not my artist, but Luke Combs. You know, I Mm -hmm. think he had a great spot in the marketplace because fans wanted his music before he was even signed to a label. Yeah. And when you have undeniable music, like you're saying, and you have a fan base, talk about a key to success. It's right there because while I can push anything out as I want as a label, we can make stuff happen. We can get people out there and put them on radio tours and get them in front of press and have Kim Kardashian tweet maybe, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, uh-huh. whatever it is, which don't get me wrong, Taylor Swift or Kim or Kanye, anybody tweets about an artist, it's going to blow up because their fans are so massive and they have so mm. many. You get enough people in numbers, you can do anything. You really can. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's so vastly different than it was 20 years ago, I'd imagine. You know, we were, you know, um, in, in middle and in elementary school then. But I'm just thinking about how much different the game must be now versus back then, because I, I'd imagine it was purely about, you know, what comes out of the speakers in 1997. But now there's so many different factors to it. That's why they need good people like yourself to push it and deliver it the right way, because it's so vital to everyone's career at that point. Well, you know, one of my uh, colleagues before had told me, Allison, we're driving or flying million dollar planes. Basically, it's just figuring out where all these planes are going to land when it comes to the chart and how fast you can get them up there. But mm. Really, I mean, these artists are putting a lot of faith into us to get them a hit record because they have to do their work with the social media, right? Social media has changed the game for celebrities, chefs, authors, uh, politicians, any like literally anybody at the world as we know it, if somebody wants to be somebody. So you've got the social media sector, you've got marketing and publicity, but when it comes to getting your music heard, The fastest way is, yes, a digital service provider like Amazon Music, Apple Music, or Spotify, but the radio, people still want that local touch. They want to know why Blair is telling me to listen to a Mo Pitney or to a Dylan Scott. Like, why is he so special? And they, they build this trust in you. You know, I think there's this common misconception that radio is dying. I think radio is changing the way it used to be in the way we're actually delivering music now because people still want local touch, even through these Zoom calls and Zoom and FaceTime as we're quarantined away from each other. We all still want to be around people. Now, introverts like my better half, he loves, he's like, I've been preparing for this my whole life. Me, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out what the heck I'm going to do next because I'm going nuts. 
So what is it like for quarantine for you? Have you been like a little stir crazy? You know, my favorite thing, be with my favorite people in some location, right? Yeah, and, totally. And I'm not about like, oh, I'm going to high five everybody in here. But just like right. the fact that you can be out in places more now than before. Have you been all right during all this? I mean, so at first I loved it. I was like, man, I mean, I had dealt with some family stuff where my father was in the hospital for a while. And then I was still trying to work and go to shows and travel. So it became a really chaotic time in my life. But Mm. now, you know, I would say the first two months into it, I was like, this is awesome. I get to literally wear pajamas and go work. Like people can't see me. I can wear yoga pants. I can... Yeah. Did I did I wash my hair? Probably not. What day is it on <laughs> did dry I shave? shampoo? Heck no. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, my face loves it because I'm not wearing makeup as much. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely getting a lot more sleep, which is amazing for your mind, your body. I mean, just everything. Sleep is so underrated, especially in my job, because you're waking up at three or four in the morning to get your flight, or you're going to bed at one or two. I mean, there's no consistency. And so at first I loved it. After maybe middle of May is when I started to be like, okay, like, when's this going to end? Like, when's it just a little bit? I don't want to go back to the office right away, but can we loosen up? Because my boyfriend plays Call of Duty every freaking day, every damn day. (laughs) My (laughs) man, my uh, man. I swear, I hear him. He's like, we got to pick up the ammo. We got to get this. I'm like, oh, yeah, you need to pick up the trash and take it out. That's what you need to do. So I get a little testy at home because I see what's going on. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot to do at home yet. You want to sit on the computer and play? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's, get, he's getting those wins in Warzone and Call of Duty. <laughs> tell, you tell him, I said, if he wants to team up and take some people down, I'm ready for him. You, you, you can yell at the him. both of us for getting dubs. Fine. You know what? You should actually bring him on your podcast next. He um, To sidetrack to him, he what's crazy is he his contract was up at the end of March for his job and he was in you know a radio company as well and he had been with company for 14 years and he decided to go out on his own and open his own company and he's been busier than he's ever been before now granted that's awesome he's not traveling but he gets to focus on what he wants to do and really Mm -hmm. find new ways to be creative with content especially during this time because content's king right now but Mm -hmm. other than that you know i've really loved being home with lucy lou and (laughs) she You know, she's 10, and so that little dog travels with me a lot anyway. She's come to radio stations. Like, she sat on my artist's lap on the planes, if they're comfortable with it, you know? Sure, (laughs) Um, yeah. But that piece has been really nice, and just to to get stuff done around the house. So, if you're on Instagram, do yourself a favor. Follow (laughs) at Lucy Lou Yorkie Poo. Arguably the cutest dog on the planet. I have Um, not asked this of anyone. is, is the cutest dog. I'm (laughs) sorry. As she's staring at me in your Zoom call in the back, I'm sorry, Lucy, you're number one. I apologize for everything. It, how is it being a dog mom in quarantine? Like, I never thought about this, but I, I'm not a pet owner. I like pets. My best friend's dog, Storm, is the greatest, second greatest dog. There we They're go. One A, one B with Lucy. Uh, so what's it like? Is it is it harder? Is it easier? Like, what are the struggles of being a dog mom when you can't go out and, like, do dog stuff? Well, you know, we have a little courtyard here, so that's been nice. She actually has some neighborhood dogs that she plays with, so it's been nicer for her because she's not cooped up at the house all day since I'm working from home. She can sit on my lap, and she can go out as many times as she wants. If she wants to play tug-of-war, I can get on a radio call and play with her like she loves it the problem i have is when i'm on an important call or a zoom call and she keeps barking and i'm like sorry guys that's lucy or 
when five o'clock hits central time, that girl knows it's time to eat. She starts even trying to push her luck in at like 4.45. And I'm like, Mm-mm, it's not five o'clock. Not time to eat. Like as we speak right now, she's staring at me like, why haven't you fed me, mom? This is crazy. But- I know. You can blame me for that, Lucy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, it's all my fault. There she goes. You know, it's, so it's wild because like as, as, a, as a, a pet lover, but... You know, I'm a little averse to pet ownership. You know, I, I love it's like with other How people's kids. Like, I'm to pet ownership. What do you mean? Hold on. What's that even mean? Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Here's what that means. It's like it's like your best friend that has a newborn. You get to go over. You get to cuddle. You get to hang out with the baby. Ask the baby what they're doing a hundred times. <laughs> and then at the end of it, you get to hand the baby back and you get to go home. It's the same thing with me and dogs. I'll go snuggle dogs. I'll walk them for a while. I'll even dog sit. But as soon as I have a, a dog of my own, that'll prevent me from, like, getting the sleep I want or going on the vacation that I want or staying out to dinner past 730 because my dog's got to go out. That's where I'm averse to dog ownership. And I, I love pets, but mm-mm. Okay, I'm going to help you out. Ready? This is how you get yeah. to own a dog. Number one, small enough to travel. She comes everywhere with me. Literally everywhere. Number so two. <laughs> number two. She sleeps when I sleep. If she wants to get up in the morning, mm -mm. maybe, but probably not unless Zach gets up. (laughs) She's coming back to bed and we're snuggling. (laughs) And number three, if I'm out somewhere, make some friends. Call your neighbor. Call somebody. Get on WAG. Like, whatever. I'm not saying invite strangers in your home, but make friends, you know? Like, there's people that love this little thing. I mean, as you can see, she's probably hungry and wants dinner. Oh, see, ears go up, but (laughs) (laughs) but she's literally, I mean, she's, she's more joy than anything. And I know, look, I know parents say that I'm not a parent. So watch me say that if, and when I have kids, I don't know, Sure, but I can go anywhere and do anything, which is what I love. (laughs) So one final question for you, before I let you go among your artists, anyone you've worked with over the years, what are some of their pets like? Because sometimes we get to be taken behind the curtain on Instagram and get to see everyone's home life and their dogs and all that. Do you have a favorite artist pet that you've met? Like, who are some of the, the dogs or cats or fish or whatever out there that some people fish. own that people wouldn't know about? Uh, well, I like Fillmore's dogs. He's He's got one named Wrangler, who I believe Wrangler has his own Instagram. And it was something Ooh. that, you know, we saw him from a puppy and... Man, that dog has been through so much. He's gotten stung by bees. Like, his little face swole up. Oh, oh no. It was so... But you just felt so bad for him. And then he swallowed a squeaker toy at one point, so he had to have surgery. Like, the dog has been through hell and back already, and it's not even two. Oh, my God. But it's, oh my God. he's so lovey-dovey. I mean, he's the sweetest dog. And it, funny enough, Lucy's what... I want to say she's 13 pounds. Wrangler's probably 60. And mm. I don't remember what breed he is, but Lucy scares Wrangler. Literally. Lucy will bark and Wrangler runs. Oh, but yeah. But if Wrangler knew better. Yeah. Oh, you know, Wrangler she'd look at Lucy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're all, literally all bark and it's literally just for show at that point. Oh, you know how little dogs are. 100%. Um, you, my friend, I thank you for doing this with me and, and having a good time. I, I seriously appreciate the time because as I know, and as anyone who works in the industry knows, you have so much going on, you have so much responsibility, and you've been killing it at at just 
everything that you've touched. You've been a part of number ones. You've you've been a blast to be around as far as events go and concerts and radio tours and your artists too. And it it, it shines through. Your work does when Thank it comes you. to your shows. And you know you're you're one of the people that I wanted to have on because I knew that you had so much behind the scenes and for you to take time away from all of that and and your dog and um your your driving range appointment a little bit <laughs> i really appreciate that part of it seriously i mean that well i'm just thankful to come on i mean i love doing stuff like this and you know i'm excited to watch your podcast grow i think there's so much potential for you in what you're doing i mean you just bring your energy the way you captivate an audience it's unlike anybody I've seen or I should say heard <laughs> before. So I <laughs> wish you, you the best of luck with everything. And, you know, I'm always here again if you guys need anything. Yeah. And I'm here in case you want another butt whooping in DDR. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes. 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 You will win. But when we get on the real dance floor, and let me tell you, that's where it's at. You're, Don't let my Philly side fair. come out. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, We're talking about real dance. Not calculated no. steps, sir. Okay. I can't compete with cheerleaders. Okay. <laughs> I can't do that. My body doesn't move like that. My hips are terrible. My body doesn't move like that very long or compared to <laughs> 10 years ago. Trust me. <laughs> AG, Allison Gelnet. Thank Woo. you so much. I, I appreciate you and uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Blair. Thanks, Blair.